0: Support for Radioactive's Punk Rock Farmer comes from Go Biochar. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists and punk rock farmers on Friday night. I'm Laura Jones in studio with Aldine Strychnine, KRCL's punk rock farmer.
1: Gee, it's great to be here. Thank (laughs) you.
0: What's coming on in the garden? Because now is like high producing time. So uh, I've had
1: so many big tomatoes coming. (laughs) Big. I mean, big. Two pounders. What? Yes. So it's it's slow because of the heat, but I. Good things come to those who wait, and I always wait because I plant a little later. But this year is the best year in a lot of years.
0: Well, you had pounds and pounds and pounds last year.
1: I, uh, this year it's gonna be <laughs> off the chain. I mean, they're huge. Okay. I mean, huge.
0: Well, you know that's how we met six years ago, and we're going to talk with Angela Brown from Slug Mag in a bit because uh, it's their Harvest issue. They did something funky with you, but you mentioned in the little write-up that, you know, that was the post six years ago, big effing tomatoes that
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that yeah.
0: reconnected us for this punk rock farmer adventure.
1: You know, um, it's been a, a great ride, and uh, thanks, Laura, for asking oh, me to do you're it. Welcome, man. I think we really. Uh, We've really had some fun with it, and I know that you really like doing Fridays because we have fun.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get back into the studio and we can have people in because that's when people bring their vegetables with them yeah. sometimes, and we can do live music.
1: And goodies, too. You know, that's one of the perks of this thing. We've I'm a volunteer, but we get to eat yeah, and uh, yeah. partake a little we bit. We
0: haven't done, like, punk rock Farmer Thanksgiving In a while. I don't know if we can do it this year, but we'll we'll get back there.
1: Let's do it somehow.
0: Tonight on the show, whose garden do you visit?
1: So I went and visited uh, June Hyatt, and uh, they just moved, and you—oh, my goodness. You can't wait to see her garden. It's all arbors and trellises. It's really beautiful.
0: Well, and— she and her partner Hillary, they rent, right?
1: They rent, and they they recently just moved. Um, their landlord sold the house out from under them in the spring, but was nice enough to let them uh, let their spring crop grow, and then they could come back and harvest it. Ah. But they took everything. They took <laughs> their boxes. They took the dirt.
0: To their new
1: place. They're the new place. <laughs> they took the dirt.
0: <laughs> That's very punk rock, I
1: think. I think so too. All
0: right, so we also have Skywatcher Leo T. As I said, we've got Angela Brown from Slug with the harvest issue that hits the streets today. We're also going to do another episode of our Meet the DJ series. Chanelie, host of Saturday Breakfast Jam. Uh, her show, Saturday mornings at 7, you're going to learn a little bit more about Chanelie's backstory. Plus, I believe it's her birthday this week. So happy birthday, Channely. Happy birthday. Uh, but we're going to start where we always start, with a band that came across at the Utah Arts Festival. I oh, mean, I wish they could be live. As soon as we can have a punk rock farmer showcase, I want these guys to play out. I'm just saying, this is my pick, okay? okay. <laughs> Welcome to Mouth. Hi, Mouth. Hi. Laura. Really, really, I knew I'd like your set when I saw indie uh, punk pop dance band, female-led. I'm like, okay, this is a high bar. You guys, you guys sailed over it. It was awesome. <laughs> and the crowd was loving it, too. So uh, hey, Rachel Clark, singer and rhythm guitarist, will you introduce us to everybody?
2: Um, okay, so we've got um, <laughs> Zach Bryant here on drums and Jordan Clark on guitar, and Kelly crops on bass.
0: I know you skipped right over it, but you and Jordan, you're married.
2: Yes, and Kelly and Zach are married, too. I didn't know that! So it's like a couples band. That's kind of cool.
3: Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, so tell us about the inspiration for Mouth before we get into this first song.
2: Let's see. So Mouth came about uh, a couple years ago when Jordan had left his uh, band that he was in at the time, and we had always talked about uh, starting a band together and writing, and so we started throwing stuff together and I'd come home from work and we'd keep working on it. And then we threw Callie and Zach into the mix and it became a perfect blend of mouse. And we just, we love it.
0: Okay. So um, I'm going to call you out and ask you for your, like your top two influences, Callie on bass.
4: Oh, me. Oh, okay. The Cure. <laughs> and a little bit, but the Cure and Depeche Mode are like, I
0: worship them both. <laughs> there you go. Jordan on guitar.
5: I'm pretty drawn to a lot of pop music. And so I took a lot of influences from like artists like Kay Flay and, uh, and even like some Billie Eilish, which is kind of funny for the genre that we play. But
0: no, I can hear the, that. Pop, I can hear
2: that. the
5: pop and the alternative rock. I just draw a lot of influence from those kind of bands.
0: Rachel.
2: Um, I'm a big fan of the Kills and the Distillers.
0: Awesome. And Zach Bryant, drums?
2: Uh, trying to think of two because you put me on the Okay, spot put, here, but, put uh, five, whatever pumpkins. you need. <laughs> fashion Pumpkins is probably like the biggest influence for me yeah. on drums um, and a lot of other like 90s bands like that. So,
0: Well, I was really noticing the bass and the drums, uh, that duo at the show, and I got to ask about the fuzz later on the bass because I just love the bass sound of this band. Can you tell I'm like totally nerding out here? Yeah, I
3: can. Mouth
0: with a W. <laughs> All right, somebody tell us about this song, Getaway, and then we'll get into it.
5: Uh, this song, Getaway, was written because uh, spending life in a, in a cubicle at a corporate job was a little toxic for my soul. <laughs> and I just was dreaming about getting away to, to some island or Mexico or something, and it was a total daydream song. And so it seemed perfect to release it this summer when everybody was probably dying to
1: get away. This is Mouth, fresh and homegrown on KRCL with Getaway.
2: And this is Nate. And we're the host of the Friday Night Fallout Show on KRCL. Tune in every Friday night from 10.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. for two and a half hours of new and classic hip-hop. That's the Friday Night Fallout Show, only on KRCL.
3: There's a man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us. But
6: it's many cultures, go. one sky. Skywatcher Leo T. here. Look up to the sky in early twilight, spot the beautiful crescent moon, and let's take the Skywatcher spaceship way out to rendezvous with JPL and NASA's spacecraft called Osiris-Rex. Remember us talking about that? Osiris-Rex, a great name for a spaceship and and a dinosaur probably. Osiris-Rex launched in 2016 and has been on a long journey that took it out to a briquette-looking space rock called Bennu. Osiris orbited and then landed and scooped up samples of the asteroid and continued to orbit and study from above. Utah State University's Space Dynamics Lab designed the focal point arrays including three cameras and detectors. These helped the craft to navigate, view in high resolution, and map Bennu. Congratulations! And now Osiris-Rex has fired its thrusters and is heading back to Earth. It's a long journey home. It'll cover about 1.4 billion miles. Osiris-Rex must circle the sun twice to get from Bennu to Earth. Wow! When it arrives in 2023 our cosmic traveler will drop off the samples ironically in the Utah desert of all places and then probably head out for another near-Earth asteroid expedition. Check out the Sky Watcher Leo T Facebook page for a picture of Bennu and all sources for this segment. As many cultures one sky the Hadza people of eastern Africa and Tanzania have lived in Tanzania longer than any group has lived anywhere. They were here when the Egyptians built the pyramids, they had already been on the same stretch of land for 50,000 years, living off the land. To the Hadza, fire forge their predecessors into the people they are now, using fire for of course warmth, roasting roots and tubers and roasting meat from their hunts. And celebration, the Hadza teach the children in the evening sounds to be aware of animal sounds the fire inspires singing and dancing around the fire when they look to the night sky of course they see mysterious and mythical figures you have to wonder what the night sky looked like to them thousands of years ago swirly corona borealis the orion nebula they're still here for us to travel back in time and join the hadza the incas and the fremont in wonder and unity Novas, comets, and shooting stars that lit up their world still light up ours. For the Hadza, mythological figures are believed to take part in the range in the world. Ishoko is a solar figure. Hain is a lunar figure. May the Hadza continue to thrive in Eastern Africa near the Rift Valley and Serengeti Plateau. Like the Hadza, keep looking up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T.
0: Thank you, Skywatcher Leo T., for a classic episode of Many Cultures, One Sky. You can check tonight's show notes for a link to Skywatcher Leo T.'s Facebook page. And I'm sure he'd love it if you'd reach out and share any of your cultural traditions or stories about the night sky. It is Punk Rock Farmer Friday here on Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones.
1: Aldine Strychnine, Punk Rock Farmer here.
0: Still to come, Al's Urban Farm Report on the way with his visit to see the Garden of June Hyatt and Hillary McDaniel, a couple of listeners. Angela Brown from Slug on standby, and we also have another edition of Meet the DJ and more music from Mouth to come. But September is the start of all these urban festivals, Al. And I just wanted to kind of do a shout out on Fridays to what's coming up. So this weekend, you got the Urban Arts Festival at the Gateway, Polynesian Days at Thanksgiving Point in Lehigh, also Festival Latino Americano in Provo on University Avenue. Of course, check the events, uh, hosts, their pages to see what their COVID protocols are or if any cancellations have taken place Uh, next week. Brigham City Peach Day, September 10th and 11th, the Greek Festival next weekend as well as Utah Brazilian Festival, the Avenue Street Fair, and then later this month, Festa Italiana, the Fifth Ogden Hispanic Festival, and Holy Festival of Colors in Spanish Fork. I'm sure there are more, but we'll add to it, and you can always find it on the Rallies and Resources page of krcl.org under Community Affairs. But uh, let's get to the meat Well. The vegetables (laughs) of the show here with Angela Brown from Slug. Hey,
7: Angela. Hey, thanks so much for having me today.
1: Thanks so much for being with us, Angela. It was really pretty exciting to be featured in Slug this month and, uh, you know, the harvest issue, all kinds of stuff coming on in the garden. But um, and really, you know, it's about getting the message out there to get people to grow their own food. And I'm so happy and so honored to be a part of Slug this month.
7: Yeah, you know, the pleasure was all ours. We were so excited to put you on the cover and even more excited to kind of do this rendition of your face made out of vegetables on the cover.
1: This is the (laughs) first time I've seen it, and oh my goodness, I had no idea it would be this cool. It's so (laughs) cool looking.
0: All right, you're going to have to check the show notes tonight to see what we're talking about or pick up an issue of Slug Anyplace Cool, and uh see the cover but angela why don't you tell us about the artist and how they did this
7: yeah so jesse draper is actually someone that um you know we've been chatting over instagram for a little bit and i've been a fan of his artwork for a while and he does a lot of different things but most notably recreates portraits of individuals out of food and so when we kind of which is something that we've wanted to do with uh, slug cover for a couple of years but we've never actually known the correct, you know, person to approach for it because there is an art form about, you know, recreating a visual form with food. And so we were so excited when, you know, I was able to find Jesse and kind of chat with him a little bit about it because, and it just kind of came together because, you know, Al, you've been on our list for about a year now to feature for this, you know, harvest local food issue. And so it just was just this kind of perfect way of, of representing you we thought in, the for- in this visual form while also highlighting Local artist, um, Jesse, and it did take him, you know, hours and hours, about two days to put this together, all in all. And it was so fun to watch him create. And a special shout out to local grocery store Harmons that actually donated all of the food for this project because it took copious amounts of fruits and vegetables to create this rendition of, of you.
1: But I do see quite a few things in this that came from my garden. There's my sunflowers. I see. There's some tomatoes. There's some eggs from the chickens. There's some. There's some stuff in here. Quite a quite a few things, and it's uh, it came out so good. And Jesse and I had so much fun doing it. We really did. He came over a couple of times, and uh, then he came over and showed me the the outline of it. But I still had no idea that it would be this vibrant and this beautiful and cool and it looks like me it's crazy it's so good
7: (laughs) and it was it's really large scale too i mean the the entire portrait itself is about four feet by six feet so it was a massive portrait
0: yeah okay i'm thinking t-shirts posters postcards (laughs) but what else is in the issue for september angela that folks can check out
7: Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic issue, you know, again, themed around all of, about local food. We've got this really incredible um, kind of profile series about seven different world grocery stores, um, you know, like an Ethiopian grocery store, Polynesian grocery store, uh, Japanese grocery store. You know, some of these places that you've seen around town and you maybe haven't had a chance to go in there. So we, we have a nice little um, kind of some some uh, some profiles about those grocery stores. We also have a really great interview with Biochar, which is a. Uh, John from X-Mission, a lot of people know him around town. Uh, This is a side hustle that he started a couple years ago about this really kind of, have you tried it, Al? Have you tried the biochar?
1: Yes, John Webster is a really good friend of mine. And this is why the tomatoes are so big this year. I know it.
0: So, lots of cool stuff to check out in the Agrihood in the September edition of Slug. Where can people pick it up?
7: You can find it at Any Place Cool, uh, which is we, we like to say, or on on uh, the website at Slugmag.com. So, at print you can find it Any Place Cool, or of course on Slugmag.com. Hey, thanks, Angela.
1: Thanks so much, Angela. Thank you.
7: Thank you so much. It was great to to talk with you all again, and we'll chat soon. You look pretty good in vegetables. I'm telling you, <laughs> I like the blue. I think
0: there's blueberries for your hair.
3: <laughs> well, what's some blueberries in there?
0: <laughs> All right, now it's time for another episode of Meet the DJ. Tamrika Kavtisiashvili talks with Shanalee, host of Saturday Breakfast Jam.
8: My name is Shanalee and I am the host of Saturday Breakfast Jam. I have been doing radio for like seventeen years, which is wild. I started uh, when I was a teenager with Loud and Clear Youth Radio. And just absolutely fell in love with it and have been doing it ever since.
9: So Shanalee, you have, like, I think you have one of the biggest followings at the station. People love you. They just love your music. They love you. I meet people all the time that are like, oh, that girl, like, one was the weird name? Like, Shauna or something. <laughs> like, okay, Shanalee. So in your opinion, why do you think people are drawn to your show?
8: That's it. A- It's a great question. What I hear from people often is that they feel like the music on Saturday Breakfast Jam, they tell me, is just the perfect morning music. But honestly, it's just, it's music that I love. You know, it's music that, that I'm excited to share music that um, throughout the week I might hear songs and I think, oh, I can't wait to play that on Saturday. I want to share that with my friends. I just kind of let the music take me on a journey. You know, I play one song and then that song takes me somewhere else and I just kind of let the music guide me. But some some of my very favorite artists I found doing me, radio in the middle of the night when I was doing my show on Monday mornings from three to five 30 I used to get there and I would just pick stuff off of the shelf that I'd be like that sounds like an interesting person and I would put it in the in the CD player and I'd just listen to it for a little bit and decide whether or not I liked it or whether or not I wanted to play it and I found some really great artists that way. I
9: love that visual right like just being yeah. in the studio and pulling things off the shelf and finding artists that way. It's almost like you're talking about another century. And I know it wasn't that right? long ago, but I love I that. I
8: know. And I hope that people feel a connection to just me as a person. Because I feel like I'm pretty real. I laugh. I had somebody recognize me based off of my laugh. <laughs> and I think like to be known for laughing, I mean... I couldn't ask for anything more, right? Like it's just awesome to be known as a joyful person or known for my laugh. And I just try to be myself and be really real. And I, and I think people connect to that.
9: Let's talk about your music a little bit more. How and where do you find the music?
8: Well, a lot of it really is stuff that I grew up on. I was singing John Lennon lyrics, like before I could really talk. I come from a very musical family. Um, My dad brought me up listening to the Beatles, John Lennon, Bob Dylan, all of that stuff. My mom and her side of the family were really excited about, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Eric Clapton. I have a a dog named after Van Morrison.
9: (laughs) Of course you have a dog named Morrison. That's awesome.
8: Everybody thinks that he's named after Jim. And I'm like, no, 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 it's Van. (laughs) And most people are like... I don't know who that is. But then some people, I think I've had one person who was like, oh, after Van Morrison and I was like, okay, we're friends. Like, obviously we're friends now because you (laughs) know this. No one knows this. He was sort of the first kind of older musician that I sort of found on my own. My grandma passed away when I was really little and I had always heard that she loved him and I've always kind of felt a connection to her. Despite the fact that I didn't really know her, I started sort of digging into his stuff and completely fell in love. And then also my years of teaching Loud and Clear. I discovered a lot of great artists from students, from young people. So let's talk a little bit about you
9: as a person outside of radio, you as a human.
8: I think a lot of people knew that I worked for Spy Hop and that I was teaching loud and clear. I left SpyHop. Four years ago, I went back to school and got my master's in social work. And I now work with students and families experiencing homelessness. And I also have a small private practice um, doing therapy primarily with adolescents. I just really love working with young people. I'm really inspired by their stories, I'm inspired by their. resiliency, just like who they are as people and the struggles that they experience and how they manage to get through hard things. Recently, eBay approached me about doing like Mental Health Monday tips. And it was kind of the first time that those two worlds sort of came together, which was really cool and really fun. I actually
9: didn't know you were a social worker. And I love hearing that it kind of started. It sounds like it started from working with adolescents in radio, really, right? And That's
8: exactly exactly how it happened. I, I studied film in um, undergraduate degree and was like really excited about documentary filmmaking and discovered all of that through my time in Loud and Clear and then continued to take classes at Spy and they hired me full-time to work there. And was teaching filmmaking and teaching radio and discovered that there was something there, right? Like using filmmaking, radio, music gave students this unique opportunity to sort of work through their stuff. And so that's why I chose to pursue a master's in social work because I saw that connection. I was like, you can totally use media as a therapeutic tool. And I want to learn how to do that.
9: Okay, so... Lastly, anything else that you um feel like makes Shanly who she is?
8: My dad is a falconer, and so I know a lot about birds. Okay. And I've always grown up with birds. And so typically, if anybody finds a bird that is in distress, they call me. My dog. You can probably hear him bark. He needs to go for his walks. Um, In the evening, I will take him out for a long walk, like a long one. And it's really nice because it's like the baby's down, you know, husband's like doing his own thing. And so Morrison and I can just go and sort of decompress. And and it's great because it's often at a time where like the sun's setting and um it's always fun to see all of the birds and i can usually like name them not all of them so do you have a favorite bird or is that kind of silly because you have many uh my dad had this goshawk and goshawks are beautiful and she had these like really red eyes and i just remember her being this very special bird And my favorite story about her is like, she was older and she like laid an egg, but of course it wasn't, um, it wasn't like a, it hadn't been, I don't know, there was no male involved in that process. And, um, and it was very sad because it was clear that she like was wanting to do that. I don't know if birds want to, but it seemed like she did. And so my dad like retired her and sent her to like gave her to a breeder so that she could start having babies because that would seem like something that she wanted to do. And I just remember that being kind of a neat story where she like had had this full life and then went to go have babies. But yeah, I don't know. Birds. Birds are big. But animals, like all animals, like dogs. I like dogs more than people. That's not an unusual thing for me to say on my show. I really do love dogs more than people. I love my dogs so much. And I think dogs are so we're so we're so lucky to have dogs um because of just their unconditional love that they have for people and
9: we're so lucky to have you every saturday with us <laughs> thanks channelly
0: so much okay, thank you see ya channelly of saturday breakfast jam on meet the dj with tamrika Katicia check tonight's show notes for a link if you want to hear it again but also tune in tomorrow 7 a.m for channelly and saturday breakfast jam all right, Al, it's time for some more fresh, homegrown music with our band tonight. Mouth, which I got to see at the uh, Utah Arts Festival last weekend. Where are you guys playing next? Are you still doing shows? What's going on?
2: So our next big show that we're playing that we're really excited about is um, it's called Unity Makes Strength. It's a Haiti earthquake relief benefit show. It's going to be at Urban Lounge Tuesday, October 5th, Doors at 7. We're uh, co-headlining with an Americana band called Early Successional. And all the proceeds will be going to Hope for Haiti Foundation.
0: That's an awesome way to, to use mouth out in the community um, and in the best tradition of punk rock. All those benefits, food not bombs. I'm thinking of all those things from our day. I feel it oh, old again. Yeah. Okay, so mouth <laughs> with a W. Um, where can people find you online?
2: You can find us. We have a website, uh, thebandmouth.com, thebandmouth on Instagram, uh on facebook uh where all our music you can can find us on spotify itunes um all the places all the places yeah Yeah, everyone
1: (laughs) so the next song is choking um who can tell us a little bit about it i'll tell you a little bit about it
5: all right jordan (laughs) this song uh was written from a little bit of a disgruntled position with just the system and the way it works and the way that uh, big government and pharmaceutical companies and just all the big business likes to just uh, exploit all, the population, exploit all of us. And it was kind of a little bit of a, a fed up song. And uh, so we let our anger out about just kind of being being choked by big business.
1: A little age old uh, punk rock aspect for sure. For sure. Sounds good. I mean, things did, didn't ever really get better in those aspects, you know, and uh F authority. Let's let's just we can say that. <laughs> yeah, it's a constant, constant keeping fight. it to the letter. <laughs> <laughs> so the next song is choking and this is Mouth right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL ninety point nine FM.
5: to be heard? Do you want to be a DJ on this station, KRCL 90.9 FM? Then join loud and clear youth radio. We are currently looking for the next group of interested teens ages 14 to 19 who want to be the next group of youth DJs at this station. Applications are due September 12th, so hurry. For more information, visit spyhop.org. We are looking forward to hearing your voice on this station.
0: Welcome back to Radioactive. It is Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones in studio with our Punk Rock Farmer, Aldi Strict 9, and it's time for the Urban Farm Report. Set up this visit. Who are we going to hear from?
1: So earlier this week, I went um, and it's really close to my house. It's in the na- Mill Creek neighborhood. And uh, I went and I visited June Hyatt and Hillary McDaniel's garden. And uh, I think June is the more of the designer of this thing. But <laughs> holy moly, when I pulled up uh, just from the street, it's so beautiful. You can see it, and there's flowers everywhere. The plants are all trellis. There's, there's, Oh, man, there's arbors and little tables underneath where you drink your coffee in the morning. It's really, really cool. Here's that conversation with June Hyatt. So this is Al the Punk Rock Farmer, and I am on location in Mill Creek, just up the street from where I live in Mill Creek. And I'm talking with June Hyatt today. And June, your garden, when I pulled up, is really freaking amazing <laughs> Thank looking. That's all I ever
4: want to
1: hear. So I mean, we're we're on the radio, so let's tell folks just a little bit about the layout. You have boxes, you have trellises, you have arbors. You, uh come on now. Yeah,
4: we got a whole set—a chicken coop, 20-foot-tall sunflowers. We got it all. We got it all here.
1: So, it, your gardening story's long. Yeah. Tell me.
4: Yeah, let's go sit down. Tell
1: everybody. Let's
4: sit under the pumpkin arch.
1: There you go. So, this is a, a trellis that we can walk under and it has little pie pumpkins. Yeah. These are pie pumpkins, pie aren't, pumpkins
4: aren't they? pumpkins, loofah, and green beans. Shout out to Lincoln Street Farms. We got our loofah and pumpkin starts from them this year. Love those guys. Look, we have one, two, where'd you go? Three loofahs.
1: Very nice. You're gonna be scrubbing with those little sponges. It is, isn't it? I love it. So, the long story where did it start when you were 12 years old?
4: Yeah, I was about 12 or 13. And my mom, who's a single parent, was working at a hotel downtown, came under a new management, and everyone got fired. So, she lost her job. And she came home, and her therapy was to rip out the backyard, borrowed my uncle's tiller, ripped out the backyard, and she put in a garden. So gardens have just been part of my life and landscape my entire life. Uh, Everywhere I live, I try to build a garden.
1: So you just recently moved and we you did. had to move some things we and did. because you you've you're going all year round you're yeah. working on all year round i yeah. love it you've asked me some questions yeah. over time <laughs> my
4: favorite resource and
1: and um you have little um hoop houses yeah, and so things we got
4: hoop houses up front with our fall seeds
3: starting i,
1: I see your little sprouts yeah. over there i took some pictures we'll we'll be able to show folks those <laughs> awesome. so you're trying to go all year yeah. round but you just moved this garden here. Yeah. What kind of an undertaking was that?
4: Um, it was a lot, and I think that it's appropriate if we're gonna talk about anything with me, it's housing, right? Um, <laughs> I, so like I said, I'm a renter, and gardening has always been a part of my story. So no matter where I live, I try to put plants in the ground, but the last rental that I lived at, we were there for about five years, and our landlord was great and let us build gardens. So we built these boxes that you see, and we worked on the soil that you see, And then, uh, like is happening throughout most of Salt Lake City, our house got sold to someone who had a lot of money and slapped a new coat of paint on it and then flipped it and sold it for even more money. And we weren't even given the option to stay. We just got the boot. So we were given a 15-day notice to vacate, and we were amazingly fortunate to find a wonderful house in Mill Creek that had this pre-garden plot where our landlady once upon a time had goats and chickens and a garden of her own. Cool, cool. So we already had this place established history um and i am nothing if not petty and that capitalist was not getting my gardens out (laughs) he was not getting my boxes and he was not getting my soil so we took a week to move our house and our gardens and you better believe i we hauled every drop of soil that you see all the garden boxes from our home in marmalade to mill creek i Took my dirt, Al. (laughs) not leaving it behind. We've been working on this soil for four years. And as you can see, since May, I mean, it's just abundant because our soil is so significant. So we brought it with us. Um, and it has served us very well.
1: So you maybe missed out on a little spring stuff, but yeah. holy moly, this is going off now already. Well, and we
4: were able, the guy who bought the house was nice enough to let our spring stuff finish, so we actually had our spring garden established when we found out we were going to have to move, and we had the most beautiful garlic. Heads the size of my hand. Did
1: you, did you save some for yeah, seed? Yeah, there's still
4: some in the kitchen. Awesome. We'll We'll seed some out, but we had our garlic, so we finished our spring crop. We were able to move that and then move the garden boxes up front that you saw that are now holding our fall crops um so we left those we moved this got our summer stuff established and then did the final garden move when they sold the house
1: so amazing now if if you listen close you can hear trickling water running (laughs) water here do you have any access to this is this mill creek right here this
4: is the mill creek
1: and it runs on in a little viaduct right through right by your and your your garden is separated you have a front plot and then the then the river comes, and then yeah. you're, we're on the other side of the river inside your yard. But do you get any water from the—is there any um, irrigation coming from there We the... don't. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: it's actually canaled off because it has a history of flooding. Uh-huh. And so they, they canaled it probably in the 90s just to make sure that it,
3: the it neighborhood was protected from the uh-huh. flood.
4: Uh-huh. But uh-huh. what it does bring is an incredible amount of pollinators. So the other thing that's so great about this garden space is we have full sun, and there are bees everywhere. So they love the water— We've got fish down there. It's crazy. It's like living in a little nature preserve over here. It's so awesome. This little
1: little, uh, arbor that we're sitting in, it's very shaded. It's very nice. It's a little hideaway. Um, Tell tell me a little bit. I'm looking out into your garden, and I see tomatoes. And I see this um, spaghetti squash, like a circular... (laughs) trellis with and and they're hanging all over you got like 15 of them on there yeah it's amazing your garden is amazing i did see a tomato that looked very familiar over here on the other side of the
4: fence
1: (laughs) and you can tell by the sexy shape of them (laughs) yep they have a they're very voluptuous and wonderful and they make the best sauce you blanch them Blanch them and peel them and then I just grind them up in the and then if oh, yeah. I get if I get picky I use the uh, food mill and I get some seeds out. But oh my goodness the pulp and the very so little good. water and they make the most delicious soups, sauce, whatever you're making with tomato uh base, yeah. they're the most amazing tomato. They're outstanding. I'm so glad you got those.
4: And that that plant is so happy. I mean all of our tomatoes are just loving all the sun. Uh, Everything is really happy here. I think that with the garden, you know, our biggest thing was I always want to grow more. Mm. I love, if I could just convert this whole place into a food scape, I would. (laughs) Trust me, I'm trying. (laughs) Um, But for me, it was really important to use vertical space. So that's why we have so many trellises. This arbor is actually just built out of hog panel. We couldn't find cattle panel because of the pandemic shortages. Uh But we used hog panel and rebar. And it's about six feet tall, so I'm almost six feet, and I can stand underneath this thing. And you bent it, and it looks like you zip-tied it together. Yeah, we used some outdoor-grade zip ties uh, to hold it together and secure it. And then we have another one that's just one single panel, uh, and it's holding about 25 birdhouse cords.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. I was under there, and I took some pictures, and they're just they're everywhere. They're hanging everywhere. Yeah, they're uh, outstanding. You're going to make a birdhouse out of them? I think we're going to make about
4: 25 <laughs> birdhouses
1: out of them now. <laughs> Very good, very good. So um, this year was hot. Yeah. And it was unrelentingly Oof. hot in June and July, the hottest ever. Any? Did you see anything? I know folks, uh, a little later on tomatoes for me, a little this, a little that. But, yeah. But everything really abundant though now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our biggest thing was, I like, I get crap from gardeners sometimes I like to overplant my beds and a part of that is a permaculture method that I learned when I was living in sub-saharan Africa to really help cover your soil and retain that moisture Uh so we plant a little more closely I mean obviously things have enough room to do their thing we've got plenty of good growth but we plant a little more closely so that plants are naturally shading each other and then of course we mulch everything Uh Uh, we ordered chip drop this year and got a massive amount of wood chips that we were able to mulch our garden and suppress our weeds and our pathways Um, and it's been really great to hang on to that moisture so we didn't see too much of a slowdown but we are seeing an incredible amount of growth now. Our loofah. right?
1: Like since this last, oh, we yeah. have been blessed.
4: It, the cool down has been With the crazy, been
1: craziest rain uh-huh. for Utah ever, I think too. <laughs> what a weird summer! And but the water is
4: raging down the creek. It's pretty cool to see. Everything out here in a started to pop a few yeah.
1: weeks ago after all oh, those yes. rains. Man, I just saw things come alive. Yeah, they totally. were loving
4: the water and the cool down in temperatures. I know that we've seen a lot more production on. Um, tomatoes ripening and tomatillos kind of starting to get bigger, our loofah is starting to really produce. But most of our things are kind of continuing. We're seeing our pumpkins are happy, our beans are happy. So we haven't had too much heat challenges this year. But again I think that's just because we plant close and we mulch heavy. So uh-huh.
1: So what's some of your favorite things you grew this year? Yeah. What what are some of your favorite things?
4: My favorite things, so this love lies bleeding amaranth behind you uh-huh, uh-huh. has got to be one of its that's what like a five-foot drop on that yeah it's, it's the most amazing uh, just color and I don't know I'm obsessed with amaranth and its history
1: do you eat it
4: um, we haven't harvested a crop yet but we would like to
1: the the leaves yeah all, all oh the leaves are delicious and, and there was I was with John Saltis and checking out his garden and uh, we did him a while back. Because we've been doing this all summer since we've been kind of shut down because the stations moved. Yeah, it. totally. And the amaranth, the leaves, he, he showed me the Greek way to do it. Uh-huh. And what they do is they boil them for a little bit. And the red ones turn green. This You have little red shoots uh-huh. on yours. You can actually eat some of the, oh, yeah. the frilly things also. But the younger, tender ones are the ones you want more. But you boil it for a few minutes. It gets soft, and then and then you drain it, and you boil it in salty water, and then you squeeze a lot of lemon juice and a little bit of olive oil, and you can put some tomatoes with it. You can make like wow. a salad out of it, and it's really good. Oh, it's, try that. That's try delicious. It. It's really good.
4: I think my other favorite thing. So you talked about the garden that's on the front side of the river, kind of like the easement, you will. Yeah. Um. So I've been kind of lovingly calling that our volunteer garden. When uh-huh. we moved our beds. I mean, there's an amazing display of tomatillos out there. All Uh of those just volunteered themselves once we turned that soil, and we were able to consolidate them, and we're just gonna have one hell of a Chilli Verde party here in the fall.
1: Sounds good. Uh,
4: My mom taught me how to make some mean Chilli verde, (laughs) So, uh, we throw down, and then, all of the squash that are along the fence, those were volunteers out of the compost. And
1: I saw you just post that the other day. Yeah, not, maybe not sure of what, because sure what it's a, maybe a cross-pollination.
4: Definitely not sure what the front one is, but we've got some acorn squash mm. and tomatoes that have just volunteered themselves, and they're thriving out there. They're my
1: faves. You know, if something comes up that volunteers... Yeah. I will move it like you did. I'll move it to where mm-hmm. another one is. Or or I'll leave it in that spot Those in the garden. Those are the best. And, and have it coming out of a little spot in the garden where you, you wouldn't really have seen yeah. anything any other time. But if it's happy and it grows there, it must be getting water. There must It must be good. It must be. And so let it go.
4: Let, just let it grow. <laughs> so between the volunteer garden, the loofah, and the like 20-foot-tall sunflowers, I couldn't possibly pick a favorite. I'm just... I'm just so thrilled to be sitting in this garden because there was definitely a point in April when we found out we were going to have to move um, that we didn't know what we were looking at. We didn't know what we were going to be able to do. So feeling sitting in this garden with you and in this abundance, just I feel very fortunate um, to have like kept this part of my life that is so valuable to me. And I think this is like my creative outlet. It's how I express the creativity within me laying out a garden and seeing things grow. It's just so beautiful.
1: It's so beautiful. When I pull up to this garden, it catches your eye. <laughs> if you're driving by, it catches your eye. There's, there's like structures and like yours, there's things. It's not just plants growing from the ground. It's like growing on things and around. And there's a lot of food here. Um, tell me a couple of things that you're cooking. And are you going to make a lot of pies out of these at, these pumpkins so
4: the goal with these pumpkins is to have some type of like little party in the fall and I want to make pumpkin custard and then serve it in the pumpkins how <laughs> ridiculous is that
1: I mean uh, it's a vision right It's a vision.
4: <laughs> I think so we've been enjoying these tomatoes I come outside and I just see Hillary standing at a plant popping tomatoes <laughs> in her mouth like candy yeah so we've been eating a lot of tomatoes a lot of greens a lot of beans and so much squash and we haven't even begun to get into our hard squash we've got buttercups and acorns and butternuts and spaghetti we are set for winter and all of our hard squash needs
1: and you, you so so you're gonna you're gonna obviously incorporate some preservation to yeah. what kind of things are you gonna do along those lines
4: so uh i can all of my tomatoes so we'll just have a big day where we'll just bottle them all up we've been making a ton of pickles um you know squash we'll keep for a long time we'll freeze a lot of our beans and things so we can just grab a handful and cook them for dinner in the winter Um, and then we'll start drying herbs so that we can use our own herbs um, and preserving those so we'll try to figure out a way to preserve everything from this garden to make sure that none of it goes to waste and we just love to share food we have a lot of friends who come over and we send them on their way with tomatoes and herbs and beans cucumbers whatever we can send them so we also love to share and I think that that's my favorite thing about being a gardener is being able to share the things that we're growing to prepare food from the garden for people is one of my favorite things to do. Um, abundance is no fun if it's just yours right. and you don't get to share it. Right. And so, um, I think that's really important to us as well. You know,
1: my thing is is I build dishes around what's growing yeah. or what what's right. So that's where you know. And what do you do? You mix it with some salt and pepper and some garlic yeah. and a little bit of cracked red pepper if it's a bean or a or a squash or whatever i mean it's so easy to make something so delicious because you're starting with the best ingredients you could ever start with it's so amazing Uh let's walk out by the front and i'm gonna ask you what you planted for the fall so i see you're doing some this this is a big pile of your leaves and things you're gonna mulch this stuff yeah
4: we're gonna mulch this compost it we had to thin this out the rain has brought a little bit of powdery mildew for
1: here areas and there that
4: are a little more densely packed and uh-huh. so we've been trying to stay on top of thinning our leaves and making sure things can breathe so
1: i see three beds there's two yeah. maybe four by eights uh and then there's another four by four and they all have little starts in them yeah. what do you got growing
4: so we have got carrots parsnips beet lettuce and chard growing out here in these two big boxes
1: and because <laughs> they're they have hoops over yeah. them so when it gets cold yep we'll you're going to your season Absolutely. by covering them
4: and we're gonna shade cloth them a little bit so that this intense heat isn't you know frying down on the lettuces and the greens that we're trying especially to
1: grow. when they're little totally. right especially when they're little starts Yep. and so what's in this box right here It so looks like carrots maybe
4: right here you've got chard on this I end. see that you've got some carrots and parsnips in the middle and uh-huh. then beets um, and then on this end, some lettuce and the stones that you see will actually be broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, and those are starting in the garage. They're almost ready to come
1: out. So those are your areas where you're going to sprinkle some seed.
4: Yep. Well, we're going to transplant our starts that we've been So you already
1: have starts going in the garage, so we're going to go look at that too, right?
4: Yes. And then in this bed, these peppers were freebies from Mill Creek Gardens. We Uh passed over there one day, so we were like, let's see if we can rescue a few. We've got some peas going and then some Italian scallions, uh, our tomatillos and
1: uh your volunteer tomatillos (laughs)
4: volunteer (laughs) and then our kind of perennial line which is really what we were trying to start here so perennial pollinators we've got peonies lilies um hollyhocks and then we've planted some zinnias and marigolds throughout what's volunteered with the squash and the tomatoes
1: right here by the river where the pollinators are getting water and then they're coming to your flowers and then they're going out in your garden and doing their jobs they're jazzed about it. Very very cool. Very cool. And and uh, you have chickens. Yes. You have chickens. We have chickens so chickens the girls? Let's go see your girls. Your report says are doing really nice. <laughs> I know they're so happy. <laughs>
4: and we still have so many green fruits coming. Like, right. You're things th- are going gangbusters right now. Everyone's worried about enough time. We got plenty of time.
1: I think we have some time. We have I plenty have. of time. So how many ladies do you have here?
4: Well, so we moved here with 5. We've lost a few. I don't know what's some raccoons in this neighborhood or something, but uh-huh. we've got a couple, and uh, we're actually this weekend expanding our coop. This is and, a golden-laced
1: Wyandotte. Uh, golden-laced
4: Wyandotte, oh, and then we've got an Americana who just ran behind I have the a, coop. Mine
1: is Enid, my golden-laced wine, that is,
4: Wyandotte. That is Sylvia Rivera, our golden-laced <laughs> Wyandotte. And then the Americana who just ran behind is Dolores Huerta.
1: So you're, so you're mixing squash and eggs and making omelets and oh, doing yeah. all that good stuff all right good straight stuff. here from your garden oh goodness, and your ladies'.
4: Buttercup squash that's just found a nice little spot to grow between sunflowers. Very beautiful.
1: (laughs) I love that. It's just hanging there. Yeah, I'll just go anywhere. So uh, what are you thinking about as far as I mean these sunflowers are amazing. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. They're huge. They're They're so tall. What are you thinking about you're in a place now where you're going to be sitting for a minute.
4: Yeah we're going to be here for at least three years.
1: So you're going to plans for next year what what are you thinking
4: so next year we're going to push some of our squash production actually to our backyard you haven't seen that yet we'll walk around there um because we just have more space and because we're not really trying to cultivate grass back there or a lawn we just have space to let squash grow Uh which is good because squash has kind of been our biggest challenge here just taking over so next year we'll uh continue tomatoes cucumbers we want to try to get a different squash on this trellis Uh uh, uh-huh uh-huh Try a butternut there or something, see what else will grow. Um, And just try to give a little more space in areas. I think we'll uh, keep pretty much the same lineup of plants. We've kind of found the ones that we like to grow and eat the most. And uh, the goal will be to increase our herb production um, and then maybe some more peppers. I think we've got enough really good Uh sun here to make uh some peppers
1: uh really happy. Let's see your, starts, yeah. your start trays and your, your racks yeah. and what you got going on.
4: It's a pretty basic setup. Um, so this tray I'm actually growing for my sister-in-law, essentially. Um, but here we've There's got Brussels broccoli. sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower your, your growing. Your brassica starts for Yep, we for got fall. our brassicas that are going to go in that bed up front for fall. And then uh, in the spring, we'll have an even bigger growing space here for our, uh, all of our spring stuff.
1: Which what is are the just... lights you're using? They're kind so, of cool.
4: The amazing, wonderful, superhuman James Loomis gave us these lights. Yes. Uh, He is fantastic. So we popped by Wasatch one day, and he received these um, from an old greenhouse that had gone out of commission, and they didn't need them all. So he gave us some lights, and they have been the key to our starts. Uh, We, historically, I'm not much of a seed starter because Uh it's kind of a production to have the space and the temperature control. It is. And the light and just to allow them to do their thing. Um, so these lights really helped us, uh, be able to start our spring gardens last year, which was our first time that we did the hoop housing, um, and then to continue to grow our starts. And you can see, we got a lot of light. We actually have one more, so we'll be able to, I'm hoping start most everything, um, In the spring. In the spring. And then this is for next year. Wow. Yeah. So this house is great. We've got a decent size, um, back here. You'll see a bed when we moved where we basically transplanted everything that we were growing because it was the only, this bed was like the only established place to really plant things when we first moved in because we hadn't established our garden yet. So all of the kale that you see um, is stuff that we started in the spring.
1: Raspberry bush?
4: Raspberries we transplanted. There's a bunch of- From
1: From your other place? Hell
4: yeah. I was like, give me those raspberries. You're not keeping my berries. <laughs> so we moved our raspberries. We've got our strawberries transplanted to kind of turn this into a little bit of a strawberry patch. Um, and then we've got some flowers. and
1: Kale, I'm laconia. Ca- like, what is this one? It's a laconia. Uh, or calendula. Ca- no, no, this oh, this one. This is a dinosaur kale. Dinosaur kale. Yeah, it's, it's called, look, la- so it starts with an L. I can't think of it.
4: But you know, flowers, I'm a sucker for flowers. They're my favorite. My favorite part of the garden is the flowers every time. Oh, this hibiscus bloom just
1: for you. Ow. Oh, it's beautiful. Look at how big it is.
4: Wow. What a
1: wonderful. What a wonderful flower. Well, June, I really want to thank you for letting me come by. I love for your being garden. Here. It's freaking amazing. Thank it you. looks wonderful from the street. It looks it's so much better when you get up to it. There's <laughs> so much abundance and food growing. I just really love seeing your posts and your pictures, and you're always inquisitive, asking little things. And
4: gardening is constant learning.
1: It, it is, isn't it? It's like um, you can't learn. You you can always learn something. Yes. You can always learn something. There's always something. And there's a lot of cool people to hobnob with.
4: Yeah. And if you pay attention,
0: your garden teaches you a lot, too.
1: Very good. Thank you so much, dear. Thanks, so. Al. And that's June and Hillary's garden. Oh, boy, what a treat.
0: So, Al, where can folks get a hold of you if they uh, are interested in having you stop by and take a tour?
1: So, punkrockfarmer23 at gmail.com, or you can message me at Facebook at punkrockfarmer.
0: Okay, so it's time to close out the show with my new favorite local band. I'm such a nerd. Okay, this is Mouth, which is Zach Bryant on drums, Rachel Clark singing and rhythm guitar, Jordan Clark on guitar, and Callie Crofts on bass. And I wanted to ask about the fuzz because I was feeling a lot of fuzz at the Arts Festival. You got the fuzz pedal going on overdrive or what?
4: You know, I actually don't have a fuzz pedal. I just have an amazing bass amp.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. What do you got?
8: I have a dark glass.
0: Oh, my gosh. It sounds so awesome. All of it sounds awesome. Where can people get your music, uh, albums, cassettes, eight track? What?
2: At our shows, at uh, (laughs) online, (laughs) Spotify, iTunes. On our website, we have singles. Well, we have an EP and then we have released two or three singles and we have one more and then we have another EP that will be out in October. There'll be six more songs on that.
0: We'll come back in October and play some more for us, okay?
2: Be happy to.
1: That'd be great. Tell us a little bit about the next song, Rodeo. Oh, Rodeo. (laughs) Rodeo is most, I think Rodeo is mostly just like a party
5: anthem. It's all about like maintaining that young spirit and just the whole like, gonna party whatever that means you know in whatever aspect uh just till the day we die man just living it up
1: this is mouth with rodeo fresh and homegrown on krcl 90.9 fm